Welcome back to the Pixel Den, everyone. Seabass here. Hey guys, uh, how you doing? And my man Dan over here. What's going on, Dan? What is going on? It's been a week. <laughs> it's been a week. It's been a week. But it's, I feel it's like every time week, we though. do one of these, it's been it's a always week, a week. You know? Yeah. I mean, the older you get, man, it's like it's not like when we were kids, man, where all you had to care about is like looking forward to school and stuff like that. You got bills to pay. You got adult shit to do. <laughs> get on my level, bro. Get on my Especially level. Especially with a little baby. Oh, yeah. They're all fun and games. <laughs> no until... one ever said that. Full of lies. <laughs> Lies and deceit. But yeah. a lot of stuff happened this week. Actually, a lot. It's actually today, not to date the recording. A lot of stuff's getting released today. It's the first. Yes. It's a uh, lot. You got. What should we start with? Well, I mean, we, we haven't even seen them, so we, we can it's safe, it's safe yeah. to say that we can, like, Lord of the Rings drops today. Mm-hmm. Rick and Morty drops this weekend. Mm-hmm. Even uh, for uh, the anime fans who listen to us, the new JoJo Part 2 comes out this weekend. So most, most of us will not be sleeping this weekend and watching a ton of stuff. I know this kind of dates the podcast a little bit, but... It it's worth mentioning so you know it's hey there's, man. there's some stuff i'm really looking forward to this weekend what's so. what's so interesting is and folks you don't know but i'm i'm actually the editor of all these episodes so we record these in advance you know we, we're not doing it live but the references that we do make are definitely dated but you're gonna have to roll with us like we mentioned the new game of thrones yeah, we're not recording is coming out live, and so. there's already been like two episodes of it yeah. already are you uh are you up to date on uh, the game of thrones stuff yeah so my initial thoughts i'm digging it so far uh, uh, so am I. Very uh, much so. Back to back to formula. Back to the basics. See, I, think. I think they're breaking the formula, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, but when I mean by back to basics, I think what made the first couple seasons of Game of Thrones so good was you know it was about character development. It was oh, about, that whole show was it was about yeah, you know a Game of Thrones. It was about mm-hmm. politics. It was about backstabbing. It was about all that. I think in the later seasons of Game of Thrones, it became more of the spectacle and like the. I mean, it got it. Got typified. Like and, you know, you are my queen. Like, Jon Snow kept saying that to Neris. I wanted to, you know, stab myself. <laughs> but it's more about... It's grounded, even though there's going to be a ton of dragons, I imagine, later in the seasons. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think I've always said, I think I've said this before, where with TV shows where they lose me is like season four is because that's usually when they start introducing new characters to liven things up. The contracts are a little bit more heavier now. So like there's like, especially with Game of Thrones, there's no fear of like Jon Snow or Daenerys dying until the very end. Like it costs too much to keep like to, so you're going to use them as much as possible. So I think with most TV shows, season four to me with any show that's when they start breaking their character rules. You know, the yes. personalities start to kind of change and mm-hmm. just they all eventually wind up becoming kind of the same character. Yeah. Most shows, I mean, even the biggest shows rarely, hardly ever do that. I think like some of the exceptions would be, you know, like Mad Men and like uh, Breaking Bad, where the character, the whole point of those shows is the development of the ca- of this right. one particular protagonist. Right. But like with Sopranos, great show. But towards the end, all the characters are similarly, are pretty much the same. They never evolve. They tone down like Tony Soprano to the point where they make you like him more they give you more reasons to like him when the whole point is like no he is a monster yeah you know that that is not someone you're supposed to look up to and that was the whole point of the show is like at least the initial sopranos was the deglorification of mobsters in america because like it's kind of something like it's like our like camelot like we have always like admired the Hollywood-esque version of the mafia. Yeah, like Scorsese definitely Scorsese mainstream. Some of the best movies in Americana is Mm -hmm. mob movies, you know? But I think when Sopranos came in, it was like, all right, we have to wake people up and explain to them that no, these are not good people. These yeah, are not people you'd want to hang out with. It's not to be glorified. You're not supposed to be rooting for these people. Right. But towards the end of Sopranos, that 
happens where you you feel bad you know oh what happens to tony and what happens to all the characters you're just like what no like this is their comeuppance like they're supposed you're supposed to be like oh man it's a really cool character but you know what he kind of deserved like sorry spoilers for sopranos that ended so long ago (laughs) he dies at the end right it's like i think he dies really well i know people don't like that ending i think the fade the black yeah the fade the black i think get some onion rings to a diner with his family i think that was a great way of ending the show i Um, had initially thought that meadow or someone was going to die even before everyone talks about meadow dying yeah yeah uh but uh, but i mean like when he dies it's like everyone's like First off, you know, people are not happy with the ending, but there's only like five shows ever that has ever had an ending where people are like, oh, yeah, good, good, good. No, um, can't satisfy everyone. Exactly, or anybody. Um, <laughs> I think big shows are doomed to fail when it comes to their endings. I know. Um, there's so there's so much anticipation, so yeah. much expectation that you, um, you may satisfy a small group, but mm-hmm. another group, yeah. pretty much everyone else is going to be like. Speaking of uh, shows that kind of lose me, one that actually kind of started to lose me in season two is, have you ever watched Russian doll. I have not. I have okay. not been on that train. Okay, so I won't like go too crazy into this one, but mm-hmm. season one is amazing. So I heard the acting's great. So why have a season two? So season two, I was actually really curious about. So it's a Groundhog's Day like scenario, which is why I'm so shocked that they so, did a second season of it. Not Unless- the first time. Uh, media with a Groundhog's Day have done sequels. One of my favorite Blumhouse movies is oh, Happy yeah. Death Day. Yeah, Happy Death Day. But what I'm saying is Happy Death Day is not a... It's very clever because the sequel is essentially a time travel story. Yeah, and, and you can get away with that in the movie sphere because yeah. it's two hours and it's it's a well, condensed that was, story. That was the thing that attracted me to Russian Doll mm-hmm. is that I'm like, all right, it's a Groundhog's Day show. That's with uh, Natasha Leone, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, and she's brilliant in it. Mm-hmm. I've um, heard good things. And uh, yeah, so with, with that, what I liked was it's a TV show of Groundhog's Day. So it's like, okay, how are you going to pull that off? How do you make that interesting for 10 episodes? And keep it going is what I've been curious about. Keep it about. going, yeah. right? So the first season, not since you haven't seen it and this is part of your homework um, I got another homework we're, yes. we're going to talk about our taxi we will late in, in, very, a few, we're getting in a few there. seconds but my thing with I'm going to start giving you homework assignments and be like yo Dan you're going to watch this the problem with my homework assignments is that they're hour long once yes. and your schedule is a little different than mine Yes. so obviously I can get to more Listen, stuff than you can exactly I'm, more, I'm getting on it I'm getting this actually this podcast well, the bear requires me to play the bear is only half hour well here's the thing with the bear is that's not that's not a solo watch. I'm watching that with her, so we got to get to it. But what I was getting at is that Russian Doll season one, and they do a brilliant job of keeping you engaged for ten episodes on a Groundhog's Day story. Right, because it's it's the same. And the season two the does the the formula where it's time travel now. So they ripped off of. Uh, Happy I don't Dead. think they ripped. Off, I, I mean, it's sci-fi, so I mean, it's like, uh, what else could you do with a Groundhog's mm-hmm. Day? You can't do a season two of the sit, and then oh, they're in another loop. No one's watching that. No, and it was. That, I think it was clever. Fast. I think it was a weaker season to the point where I would watch it, and there was one episode. I won't get into like obviously detail, but there was one episode where I'm like, what the fuck is going on? This writing is horrible. This is like a stupid story. And then it like at the very end it flips, and you're like, it's um. For people watching, it's the uh, schizophrenic episode, and they'll know what that means. And it's brilliant. And then you're like, "Whoa, all right, that was really cool." But that was like, and then after that, it peaked at the, the second episode, and then it just kind of dips. So you've seen all of season two, then? Yeah, I finished it. Yeah. Okay, so, and, and you thought that you had the twist, mm-hmm. and then once that twist, it wasn't really a twist. It was more just a aha moment. After yeah, yeah. after the aha moment, mm-hmm. you thought the season was kind of like it had a couple afterwards. good moments, but. 
you can they tell you, basically they couldn't build off that momentum exactly okay and i think I they know, also got saying, and yeah. i also think they got screwed because the production got paused because of covid so uh, yeah because I mean, that show blew up and then they were like yep you're getting a second season and then covid happened and then it's three years so later do you know do you happen to know and you don't have to answer if you don't know if they changed showrunners from season one to season two i don't think they did they didn't i don't think they did but i think it was just so much like it was also a lot harder to like the main character in the second season with the dialogue and how she was acting and i mean it was great acting it was just i think it was just a weaker season but mm -hmm. the good Story thing with the good thing with it though is russian doll season one ends you don't need to watch season two okay that is one benefit of like a Groundhog's Day thing is that you can just stop and you're good. And these are short episodes too, right? Oh yeah, they're half hours. But I would, for your homework assignment, is to at least just watch season one. Great soundtrack, great writing, a good watch. Yeah, I've heard good things. It's just, I, I guess, as many shows do, it gets lost in the ethos of it's, like... I would we put have, that on like one of my top 20 we shows. Have, uh, season we have one other stuff to do. Yeah. yeah um, but the, the homework assignment that you gave me last time we had this, uh, our lovely podcast, was Odd Taxi, an mm -hmm. anime show. Yes. Um, not sure how many listeners are anime fans. I've been a big one since mm. I grew up with them. Actually, you and I bonded, actually, yeah, on a road I lost trip. star, bro. Yeah. I lost star. I lost star, man. Toonami for life. Uh <laughs> oh, boy. So I finished Odd Taxi last night. Now, folks, I cannot spoil the show for you. I yeah, can't. so that's the trick so, with this uh, yeah, show. Yeah, because Dan and I were talking today, like, okay, we're going to talk about, obviously, Odd Taxi because it's my homework assignment. But when I finished it, I told him, so I really, this is, as Dan eloquently put it, it's going to be a touch review where we're going to be like, hey, this was a good blah, blah, blah. It's going to be vague. It's going to be super yeah. vague because... You you had mentioned that the ending's really cool and it's a I, cool so it's not like a, it's like it's not like a big twist moment or anything but no. it's very much just oh and in the grand like, in the grand scheme of the show and it's one of those shows where like everything is connected everything happens because of yeah this. it's kind of like an opera ensemble where yeah, it's, there's yeah. multiple I mean, you there's made one a, protagonist but like there's yeah. multiple stories you going made the on. pulp fiction analogy uh, it's very much quest, which is pulp i thought fiction. was 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 an apt with um, story structure analogy. yeah yeah exactly exactly and i loved it it brought me back to those great animes we grew up with in the 90s. There's very few of them now. I think it's because we're just older. And I think I said this before where I was like, I rewatched some of the... Because uh, I remember I was watching... There's a particular um, other podcast as I was listening to. And it's it's an anime podcast. But it's more like a personality-driven podcast. Mm -hmm. um, they're called Trash Taste. And it's a bunch of just Europeans in Japan. And they're big otakus. They're big into like weeb culture and all that other yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But they're around our age. So it's like really reminiscent for them to just, and they never reference the stuff we grew up with. And I was like, why? Why don't they like refer to like, because the only thing they'll refer to is Cowboy Bebop is the goat and that's mm -hmm. it. But like nothing. And, and I know they've seen like the Gundam Wings, the Outlaw Stars, the Tenshi Muyos, like all Batman, those. the animated series exactly. is like completely underrated as a, both of writing and, and the story. Yeah. And what I was uh, realizing was I'm like, why the fuck are they not watching these shows? And then I rewatched Gundam Wing. Okay. Mm-hmm. I loved that fucking show growing up, and I'm like, I had such, like, the nostalgia was carrying me through that show, and then at the end of it, I'm like, this is not a good show. <laughs> now I totally get it, because it doesn't age well, so the new group yeah, of, like, anime that, fans- that makes sense. Aren't, like, they don't have the attachment to, like, Toonami like we did growing up. They didn't have that, and then when they go back to watch it, they're like, oh, I hear, like, all these millennials talking about their show. Let's watch it, and we're like, this is horse shit. Yeah, yeah. I, now, so I get it, so- yeah. It's funny that you mentioned dated references because as I was watching Odd Taxi, I had initially thought, yeah. I didn't research anything. You told me not to. Yeah, you, I told you, you just like, go, shut 
don't Google, don't Google. So in the initial moments of the show, I thought this was like from the 90s, early, late oh, 90s, really? early 2000s. Oh, no, it's a modern show. And then they got into like a lot themes of, themes of online dating, yep. uh, mobile games. Um, the, the gotcha game thing. Yeah, yeah it's like, really, it was very postmodern. Super modern. Yeah, yeah. And then I... After like two episodes, like when did this come out? It came out last year. Yes. Yeah, so oh, it, this makes total sense because I thought it was super modern. I was yep. like, "What's?" I thought this is set in like the '90s so here's or something. The thing with anime now, it's not like what it was when we were young watching it. They have seasons like they do with any TV shows, but they come out with so much now that most. So when we were watching anime, like you always got the two seasons and maybe a movie, right? You yep. got the 26 episodes, the 24, 26 episodes. Mm-hmm. Now they get a shorter season release, and then it might be two years before season two, if it even happens, comes out. So there's so much volume now. It's not like before when our generation, when we were getting into it, everything was a banger. Everything was, was just, you know, everything. Yeah, you, you had DBZ seasons exa- throughout. You had you know. DBZ, Evangelion, you had yeah. Cowboy Bebop, Outlaw Star, Samurai Chompolo, like just to name a couple, Ghost in the Shell, Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, you know, Appleseed. You had all these shows that were coming out, and they were just fucking rock stars every yeah. time. Now, there's just rarely anything that comes out that everyone uniformly, right now the big ones is was Odd Taxi. When that came out, everyone was like, now we're talking. The new one is like Spy X Family. And there's like a couple others, but those are like the big ones right now. But when Odd Taxi, I rarely watch an anime series now because I think I'm just aging out of the demographic for it. Sure. And there's rarely anything sure. that I want to watch. Because once again, we came at like, it's like movie critics in the 80s and 90s, like not liking anything because they grew up in the 60s and 70s. Yeah, it's a generation. You know what I mean? Thing. Like yeah, they, they're watching yeah, some sure. of the best movies that ever come out. Yeah, yeah. You know, the guy who watched Casablanca the first time and then jumps over to Philadelphia is like, yeah, Philadelphia's okay. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, how we'll look back on the superhero era. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's our era now. But it's so when our taxi came out, everyone's like, okay, return to form. This is the stuff our generation got into. This is solid writing animation's good the music slaps everything is just solid that's why when i was like if there's any anime you gotta watch this soon because i know it's few and far between when you watch something new yeah when yeah. it comes to anime yeah uh, but i know you're also open to it like you're not that's gonna the be thing like, too like so you'll watch anything as, so as i was watching so, this show that dialogue is so good the dialogue is so, so good, good so you have to get over the fact that these are talking animals right and it's not that hard to do yeah so like, so because i was as I was watching the show, I was like, this dialogue's fucking great, man. Like, but I'm I'm hearing this from a, a goddamn walrus and a gorilla <laughs> and uh yeah, the and, gorilla's and a doctor, the, the gorilla's the walrus doctor, is a walrus cabbie, is a cab like, driver. Yeah, he's an Uber His driver. best friend is a monkey, a white monkey, mm-hmm. you know, and like all these like different animals out there. Mm-hmm. Like, but like horses, you got the, like, the, J- the you got the K pop band uh, the J pop bands, like they're the, all cats, the, the they're all idols. Cats. You yeah. have the idols are all cats. Like. Oh my god. And so like if you can buy into that weirdness of it, you will thoroughly enjoy the show because yeah. it's excellent dialogue, it's excellent story structure. You're it's engaged. written for adults. Like that's a show that it's for adults, the writer yeah. who wrote, like the the who came up with the dialogue for that show is that's not easy to do. Like Quentin Tarantino, I know people give him a lot of shade, but it's very hard, very hard to write dialogue. Period. It's almost impossible to write dialogue as if it's real. So that is that is, and I I don't have to tell you this. Not only that, multiple storylines. Yeah, multiple storylines that all hit that that connect to each other that aren't shitty, but like extremely. I find dialogue some of the hardest to write. Yeah, and I'm a hobbyist. I do not consider myself professional on any level, and I never will. But I'm a hobbyist, and I always find dialogue to be possible Authentic. george lucas is a prime example of that he can't write dialogue to save his life i don't like damn, sand but damn it's he coarse. can come but he can come <laughs> up with a goddamn good story so it's even harder to make 
dialogue. Yeah. But it's almost impossible to make dialogue as if you're it's two people sitting around on a table. And that's where Quentin Tarantino always like made it perfect because like the conversations. Just look at the opening scene of Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Exactly. That's a real conversation. Yeah. If you were to just like pluck that out and throw it at any diner in America, someone is having us that conversation. Yeah. But that's impossible to just write, just I to know, come up with. That's what I from I, one point of view, from one writer to write that. So for one person to do it for yeah. all of our taxi. Yeah. It'll it'll initially start feeling like a taxi cab confessional type vibe, mm-hmm. but it grows it grows and expands from that yeah. idea. I uh, thought the um, that hits on some real topics that show because there's a I, whole episode dedicated to gotcha game addiction. Mm-hmm. Now that's a real thing. I don't know how far you know about that, but whales and no, all that that's it's, a it's, major problem. It is a dark dark path and go look on twitch There's even though tons of the show displayed it in a somewhat silly it's a way, comical it, it, way. Was, it was dark but it's not far off to it's, it's these dark. people it's super dark There's you get joke. into the rabbit hole of that man it's just as bad as any degenerate gambler yeah and it just shows you like their progression to this kid how he was always like he had a proclivity to this type of like metric mm-hmm. and so i thought that was brilliant and and they brought back the old school like narration yeah you there are there, I feel like there's two groups of people in terms of like movie watching with narration. You either love it or are into it in the film noir sense of it, or you're like, don't tell me the story, show me the story. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought the narration was held I in an narration. engaging I way. Narration. Yeah, in an engaging way where maybe if you're not a fan of narration, you'll like it in this show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I think the visuals and I think the story that they give is clever. I mm-hmm. thought I thought it was clever the the gotcha game uh, the gotcha game uh, the monster narration. who only speaks in rap uh, in rap battles oh and like my it's yeah I know to the viewer uh, to our listeners who are like what the fuck are they yeah talking man about? no they're gonna watch it they're gonna watch I, it. this is why it's hard to when, this is it. not a review this is just this is why I needed you to see this because a buddy of mine who also he he's more up to date than I am I heard heard about this show this show from the Trash Taste podcast that I was listening mm-hmm. to. And one of the guys was like, yeah, this is, it didn't win Anime of the Year from Crunchyroll, but it fucking should have. And I'm like, all right, let me try this. Like, and I'm like, I'm, I, I'm a sucker for animals. So I was like, all right, I can get into like talking to animals and stuff. Yeah. I'm totally cool with yeah. that. And then it, like, it took me they, a while to buy into that. Concept. To me, I was right into that, but I yeah. get why. I'll be honest. It was a little off-putting in the beginning because the dialogue was so great that you match it with the coming from a walrus talking to a, a kitten. And you're yeah. like, huh? You yeah. Know? You're like, what but the fuck am I you watching? you buy into it. You buy, if you if you jump in with it, you're, yeah. you're, you're golden. Yeah. But then they, they sold me. It's like, oh, yeah, it's essentially watching Quentin Tarantino if he did like a full anime series. And yeah. that makes sense after watching the series. Yeah. <laughs> right? It does. It makes a lot of sense. Um, I thought it was great. I'm curious. This is probably not a spoiler. Season two? So a, there might be one, but everyone says, how do you go to a season two with this? But then again... It's open ended. How do you do a season two with uh, a Groundhog's Day episode? Yeah. So if people want it, they'll make it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I dug it. I recommend it to all the listeners out here. Even if you're not into anime, again, you, you get past the threshold you of, can, talk, of talking yeah. animals, you will engage that story. I, I like this is a show that I would recommend to people who, if you like like Quentin Tarantino dialogue, this you can kind of sell the show to anybody. You know, anime fans are gonna watch this regardless. And, and, and but... it touches on like real topics, yeah. like I, which I appreciate. It touches loneliness on like loneliness, and... friendship. Um, don't judge a book by its cover. Mm-hmm. I thought a lot of characters you thought they were one dimensional. They yeah, turned out to not. be. Yeah, like know, the, his best friend. I thought know. was the most annoying character, and then you're like, oh boy. There's yeah. something real with this even, dude. Yeah. Even the so quote-unquote gangster monkey yeah. kind of said some deep stuff later in this season. I'm like, 
damn man I, I, I thought you're just a common thug or whatever yeah. but but that's great no that's, that's part of that's that's, that's the part, part of, of it. what draw me to is like these characters actually developed and they were interesting all throughout not just like in the beginning yeah. or like in the or towards the end they were throughout interesting but yeah uh odd taxi check it out uh good rec dan maybe one day you'll watch one of my recommendations but you know I, it's i'm fine. getting to it bro <laughs> listen i had a i i was a productive <laughs> podcaster today this week i caught up on so much shit but yeah so you right, next, lay it on me what you I got what, you what but you, also what? but definitely your next homework assignment Russian doll season up. one. Just season one. You don't have to do season two. How many episodes two. season one? I think it's like ten. But okay, they're thirty minutes long. They're quick, nights, and it's like nights. it's really easy to watch her. Her acting just because she, she's in every scene pretty much. So her acting's amazing. And yeah, I love you know, it. I love it. It's actually, just yeah. it's really entertaining to watch her because if you get like her, most people think of her as just like the girl from American Pie, yeah. the cool girl from American Pie, but no, she's actually no, she's she's a brilliant yeah. uh, actor and charismatic, she, very charismatic, and she, like her dialogue and just she's funny. It's just really. It's really easy to watch her act for 10 episodes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But what else did I watch? Uh, so, yeah. So, the Game of Thrones were caught up on on the two, se- the two episodes. Yeah. And so we far. like it so far. That's I'm liking it. Uh, I like that it's different. And, um, and, you know, going back to your topic on like how seasons are going too long up to somewhere yeah. like season four, have you noticed that they're time jumping pretty? Yeah. Pretty fast that's now. what I love. I think they realize. I think they know. I don't that, know that the. Fucks that show. Yeah. So, maybe they go three, four seasons max. Yeah. Because it already got, re- it got renewed for a season two immediately. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, when you so, have the biggest premiere ever in it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you kind of have to go green light this season. Well, I like that they didn't just do what usually like sequel or prequel shows do is they just take the same type of characters and re like put new fresh skins on them. Yeah. So like there's no Tarion. Like there's no sarcastic cool dude. Yeah. You know. Damien's a little bit like that but, but I kinda, think but I think but Damien, not to the scale not to the scale of Tyrion. But like even to like the main protagonists like they're okay but like that's what I love. You don't fall in love with them right away. You know like their quote unquote Ned Stark is not a Ned Stark. Like yeah. it's, it's very and then I also love that they kind of just threw out the the long dragged out storytelling that the show was known for because I think they realized that fucking bit them in the ass later on. No, I, I think they're learning. Because when from you got to start getting that story yeah. moving, mm-hmm. you know, because there are times when you like, like listen, you you are a writer, so you know you can drag out a chapter forever, but Absolutely. eventually your reader is like get to the fucking point. Yeah. You know, and that was what with Game of Thrones and it's a double edged sword because you have a, a group of the fan base, half the fan base is like, no, keep it going. I'll, I'll take a thousand episodes. But then you get people like me who is, all right, we're up to season eight. Can we just get her to the fucking continent? How really? She's the queen of the deserts. Can we just, she has a whole continent. She can't build a boat. Like, come on, like, let's get this going. Like, I want to see this already. Get like, you can only drag it out for so long. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, and I like sense. that this is not doing that. Like, no, like, I, they I jump six months. I in think one in episode. today's landscape, they, they don't got, have the patience they, for it. They don't have the patience for yeah. it. So they got to throw it like this to so keep I, the viewers engaged. I was really happy that they did that. So, yeah. Um, so that's good. All right. What else have you watched? What else? Um, you haven't seen it. And I know it's a little dated now, but I finally got my hands on Top Gun 2. <laughs> So I am. So what is the? Because the hype apparently is legit from a lot of people about this movie. Okay, so you. So this is where I get fucked. So I watched the first. Now Top Gun, the first one. It's a fun action movie. It's pretty much a, like an American recruiting video. Let's be honest. You know, I think that's what it was intended. I, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> Listen, it's a it's a Tom Cruise action movie. Yeah. I will watch them forever. It was Michael Bay before Michael Bay. Exactly. Uh, with the crew season and season two. Uh, Top Gun two. I was like, my brother blows me up. He's like, you gotta watch this greatest fucking thing. I'm like, all right, here we go. So I finally will sit down and watch it. And I'm watching it. I'm like, all right, it's got the callback with the soundtracks and like the flybys and all this other shit. And I'm like, okay, here we go. All right. 
and I'm watching it. And all right, so like the main story of it is not broken at all, but it's essentially he's like an instructor now, right? Well, so because you're gonna you're gonna watch it no matter what. So yeah. essentially, uh, I think, and I'm not the only one. I think uh, Honest Trailers did the same thing. Their main mission is the fucking trench run of star wars i shit you not you'll want and that's as far as i'm going with it but literally the death star trench run mm-hmm. that yeah it, that's literally their main mission but that's as far as i'll go with that and so i watched the movie the aerial combat scenes are amazing yeah i've heard um, the cinematography and and to the point where the i watched right. it the first time and i was like okay it's cool yeah, yeah it's more top gun but I was thinking about it after I finished the movie. <laughs> like the next day, I kept thinking about the aerial combat scenes, and that's when I know a movie got me. Yeah, is when I'm thinking about it the next day. There was one movie that did this to me and Sam. It was called, I think, uh, what was it called? Recent movie? Yeah. Um, it's not Tenant, is it? No, 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 no. Because no. we talked about that already. Um, okay, so this was the movie I was referring. So. When I refer to movies about, like, when I'm thinking about it the next day, that's when I know it's a solid movie. Right. It doesn't always have to happen, but if I there's a movie where I'm kind of, like, lukewarm with, and then, like, the next day I'm thinking about the movie at all, that's when I know there's something in that movie that I got to go back to, to rewatch because I there's something in telling me. And the first movie that this kind of hit me with was um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's first, like, directorial debut, Don John. <laughs> Bear with me here. What? what? Hang on. I, that this, was not the movie I was I know you are. You say that. This all comes together. Trust me. <laughs> so I'm watching that with Sam. Okay. Right? We watch it, and we both had, like, we watched the whole thing. It wasn't a bad movie. You know, there's some funny parts, but here was, sure. th- like, like there was a couple funny parts, and I was like, all right. And me and Sam both had the same. We're like, all right, that's fine. Whatever. And I remember the next day, I kept thinking about that movie. The story that they were trying to tell. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to Sam and explaining, like, saying the same thing. And she's like, you know, I've been thinking the same thing all day. Because it's actually a really a brilliant story. R- remind me. Okay, so it's essentially like a bro. Right. I know like it's the a bro. Queens County bro Scarlett dude. Johansson. Scarlett Johansson, who is this. But then he goes. Ex- he well, hang on. Yeah, so th- that's the story. Is that, like he's like this bro. He's an immature, always like one night hookup kind of thing. I remember the Julianne Moore parts in college. And, stuff and it's like a that. really clever story. Uh, and then, like, he's dating, you know, Scarlett Johansson, who's essentially the female version of him yeah and then it's really just him growing up it's a story about just maturing yeah you know it's a coming of age story Mm -hmm. but a coming of age story for someone in their 20s not a 16 year old kid going through high school this is no this is someone who's out of school already already adult yeah he's an adult but not really and the writing's really clever and i remember thinking like now granted do i think it wins an oscar no but i watched it i was like okay it was all right there was some great you know there's there's good actors in it but then it like interesting and i'm like so i rewatched it and then i started catching all the nuances and i'm like oh there's like he he was really trying to tell something here. Like this wasn't just whoa, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was his first director. He get, you know he he makes Scarlett Johansson his girlfriend. Like no, he's really telling like because there are no coming of tale stories for men in their twenties. Name one. There's there's a few for like uh, young women for high schoolers too. There's a ton All for high rage, schoolers. John Hughes. I mean every John um, Hughes movie. But like then there's also there's some like darker stories of like young women coming into their own and realizing the situations they're in. But there's very few for guys. For like for 25, 26 year old men, there's very few movies about hey man, it's time what to grow about, up. Uh, what about Alfie? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, but so that's but so when I'm, my roundabout on this is that Top Gun did that too because I watched the first movie and then for the first co- the couple days later I was thinking about the movie I'm like why the fuck am I thinking about Top Gun right <laughs> and then I rewatched like the aerial combat scenes and I was like oh this is goddamn brilliant 
Like, not the story. The story's okay. What I liked is that it's a return to form to summer blockbusters. I think it was refreshing. Some movies are going back to that formula. Yes, and uh, it was refreshing that it wasn't stupid. The movie doesn't get dumb. Right. Like, it doesn't have him fighting aliens or becoming president or, like, saving the president's life. Like, Dan, it doesn't we, Dan, go. Dan, we all know you hate Tomorrow War. It's been established. I, <laughs> it's a horrible movie. But, because that's where, like, these big movies are going. Like, it's always like, all right, so the sequel, it's like, you know, it's Maverick versus Al-Qaeda again. You know, it's like, or he, like, you know, he saves the president's life or his mission now to pilot Air Force One. You know, it's like always yeah, like this. cheesy, This, like, it keeps it contained. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Well, that's the thing with Tom Cruise movies and his Mission Impossible movies too. They're never, they don't become more than they are. You know, like yes. he's a, it's a spy thriller. Mm-hmm. You know, Mission Impossible. And, you know, the sci-fi action movies that he did, like Oblivion was one. Mm-hmm. I remember I watched Oblivion. That was, a little, that was a little, that was a little rough. And like all those movies, they're, they don't make themselves out to be more than they are. No, and that's why it's like a Tom Cruise yeah. movie, so you know what you're getting. And then I was like, but the aerial combat scenes were awesome, and there was some really good like acting, and it was just really. Good. And I, that's what I was like, this is why people love this movie, is because people are starving for a real summer action movie. Yeah, yeah. Top Gun d- does it. Like there are other movies that have done it. That isn't a superhero movie. Yeah, people are done with superhero movies, and I think. Disney and Warner Brothers have fucking realized that, and they're like, oh boy, yet we're they, fine. Yet, yet they keep going, turning well, out all the these thing. movies and th- series. It's I like- think people have a, when it comes to movies, it's not the same mentality that they have with TV shows. So TV shows, people will put up with anything. There's a reason why Law & Order has, th- like Law & Order SVU has like 30 seasons. billion seasons. Like they have <laughs> an absurd amount of seasons, but... Yeah eventually you don't get like 20 movies of one particular subject unless it's a superhero movie. I think people's patience in the movie realm is shorter and the fatigue is a lot higher. For movies, yeah. For movies. Yeah. Because like that, that there could be sense. certain, like, because like when one movie- Patience too, yeah. Fatigue, patience, all Yeah, because it's yeah. like you're going into a movie, you're expecting two, maybe two and a half hours of a story. TV shows, I'm expecting to put in 10 hours. Yep. And I know that. Yep. But with movies, so when one movie gets really big- you always see two or three movies after, like from different studios, similar. Not story, but like if, like when Lord of the Rings like blew up, then there was tons of fantasy based uh, novels right like, well, yeah. that came out that no one really ever talks about. Same thing with um, sci fi. Yeah, you they're, know, they're trying to replicate the magic of the initial success. Yeah, people are like, all right, boom, this is hitting right now, so we got to yeah. bang this out. Yeah, um, that's why every action movie is trying to emulate John Wick now because of that mm-hmm. popularity, the same type of style, action yep. sequences, and whatnot. Yeah, they're just trying. Trying to recreate it, but I, I agree with you. It's it's like people just want that little nostalgic feeling of just a like, little bit of a simple enough story. And mm-hmm. you would argue that Top Gun has a simple enough story. They, yeah, it's like America like good, ru- <laughs> American good, bad guy in jet. You can't see face, you kill him. Yeah, like, exactly. So you like know, you have the great cheer at the very end, and you feel good. You have, and like it has a soundtrack, it yep. has the actors, it hits the beats. Yeah, like, and, and that's what I want. Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, but that, I think people are really hungry for it. I think I that know. was proof that people are just it's something different this. than these superhero movies and mm-hmm. remakes. You know, yeah. wait. Oh well, this is like a sequel. Well, it's a sequel. It's actually a full fledged sequel. It's yeah. not even a. Um, it's definitely not a, uh, a a remake at all, and it's definitely a continuation, very much like what Blade Runner did, mm-hmm. where it's like they like, all right, it's been twenty years, so let's tell a story twenty years from now. Yeah, like let's not just oh, it's been a year since the big fight. Like, it's, yeah, yeah. So I thought that was uh, really clever. 
But uh, I also saw, and I only, I don't even know why I watched this movie. Because um, <laughs> you like movies. I think Stan. it's like, I saw, oh yeah, I mean, that's so, but I watched Vengeance. That is the BJ Novak. The BJ Novak uh, podcast movie. Podcast movie, yeah. With uh, Issa Rae. I love Issa Rae. I think Sam has watched Insecure. I don't know if you've watched ever Insecure. She has watched Insecure, yeah. I love that show. I think it's one of the one of the better writings. It, we're talking about authenticity and dialogue. That's Issa Rae. She said the same Issa thing. Issa Rae is a brilliant writer. Uh, shout out to Issa Rae. And um, so, what what'd you think of it then? So worth watching. Um, it's okay. So it's in that category of it's definitely not bad. Um, but... He's got some. Bj Novak can fucking write. He's I like his comedy. I'm pretty sure he wrote some of the Office. Episodes. He was a main writer for yeah. the Office. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also. I think it was slightly like a one watch, like a one watch, one off. Okay. Like, so what is it? Is it a crime, a, it's a comedy thriller? Crime, yeah, so comedy? It, yeah. So essentially, it's a dark comedy. A dark comedy. It's a okay. dark dramedy. A dark dramedy. Yeah. Okay. So essentially, the the quick thirty <laughs> second pitch of it. Um, first off, the first ten minutes is hysterical. It's literally these two guys. It's B J Novak and um, John Mayer, uh, and they're just at a party. Wait, John Mayer, as in John Mayer, the, the, the yeah, the the famous guitarist, yeah, oh him. Um, but he's like, it's a quick cameo, like, mm-hmm. but it's clever. So it's about essentially they're on their phones at a party and they're just talking about how you know they're like in, they're big in hookup culture. You know, they're just talking about how it's great and like how they're trying to justify hookup culture. But yeah. then B.J. Novak writes it in a way that it's a little, it's very real because I know those conversations. Uh, but it's also like. It's a satire, you know. Yeah, they keep yeah. like they, they keep saying a hundred percent, like, and to the point where even like people who are in that world are like, "Come on!" Like he's like, "Oh yeah, you know, hooking up with every girl." I'm just you know, I, I couldn't possibly like once I know like once I know your sister's name, like it's over, and they're like a hundred percent, and it's like, a, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, but it's really clever. And then it's like he hooks up with a girl, and like he forgets her name, you know. But it's all like apps, you know. They're just they're just swiping, you know. Yeah, yeah. And essentially, like he gets a phone call, like a girl he was hooking up with dies. But like she's from like an like a like a Texas old school family, and they call him because they think they're dating, not realizing it's a hookup. Uh, and he kind of like like kind of gets like guilted tripped into going to the funeral, and he's like, uh, like the brother's freaking out. He's like, right, I'll go down there, and then it just snowballs, snowballs. Okay. And, but then he meets his family, and then he's like, oh, and he's also like, he's a writer. And he's like trying, like his big thing is ironically to come up with a podcast idea. Right? He's trying to find like the next serial. You know, he's trying mm-hmm. to become the, be the next one of that. And, yeah. and, like, he meets his family, and they're really unique. And he's like, you know what? I, this is, like, a good pitch. And so he decides to stay. It's more for a story. Yeah, yeah. And and it goes on from there. It's definitely not a bad movie. I would recommend it to anyone who likes, like, if you like dark comedies, uh, dry humor, this is definitely that. Because it's not making fun of, like, Southern culture. Mm-hmm. It's not. Um, it's trying to kind of humanize it a little bit. Okay. You know, okay. Uh, it's like a yuppie coming down to the south, right? But he's not making fun of their like the culture or the lifestyles down there. It's just kind of like uh, like and it's him coming to realization of the life and all that other yeah, stuff, yeah, you yeah. know. It hits kind of, it's like by the numbers, like comedic writer gets a shot to write a movie to kind of write and direct a movie. This is what he comes up with. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. Not like it's kinda of like um was it uh Chromana or something. Um, oh, it's a it's a very similar type. Um, Ed Harris was in it. Ed Harris. Yeah. Uh, it's a r- Snowpiercer. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. no. Uh, I love that movie though. Uh, not you, a fan. You, what? 
What? Not a fan. I loved that. The, we're talking about the Chris Evans one, yes? Yes, yes. We're talking about the Chris Evans one. All right. Everyone loves it. Disagree. Uh, that's why I'm just not even going down that crazy uh, lane. What the hell was the name of this movie? It was like a, I think it was like a Netflix movie. And Harris was like an aging photographer. And like his, like, it's a, it's a, it's a, I think I'm think i getting it. I definitely got the title wrong. Oh, God, I can't pronounce it. Kodachroma. Kodachroma is the movie. Kodachroma. It was a Netflix drama, and it was essentially um, Jason Sudeikis is in it. And it's essentially like one of these, like, kind of just, it's a road trip, you know, father and son hate each other, mm-hmm. road trip. You know, and then by the end of the road trip, they learn to appreciate each other, blah, 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 blah. You know, yeah. it's like, but it's very much in that vibe of just like, it's a drama, it's a comedy drama, it's some funny parts, it's just a whole thing. And, you know, mm-hmm. and there's, they're trying to tell you, you know, there's a, there's a lesson here. But unfortunately, sadly, this is a movie that'll get lost on the DVD shelf. You know, it's like something where you're going to watch it, you know, people who watch it know, but it's and not going to blow where, up. Where is this on? What streaming service? I don't think it actually is on streaming services. Oh. Uh, I think, or maybe, yeah, it's no, it's not, a, it's a, it's theater only. Theater only, okay. Um, but it is clever. If you like, like, BJ Novak stuff, it's a good, it's a good, it's a decent watch. I didn't hate my life watching it. I was interested in the, the entire time, <laughs> but it was like a one off. Like, what's the I, last movie, excluding Tomorrow World, mm-hmm. Dan's most hated movie? What's it's the last not my movie? Most hated movie. <laughs> it's fucking up there. I'll tell you that. But what's a movie that, like, you saw start to end, and I was like, why did I just waste two hours of that? Oh, shit. Uh, I'm trying to think here. Well, let me pull up my, my, my systems here. Okay, let me pull up my, my uh, list here. But I know there's mo- like... There's definitely one I saw recently, too, that I'm like... Like, you made it to the uh, end? Like, because I'm not going to lie, I'll dead movies if I'm not into them. Like, I know you. I know you. We talked about this in a previous I know, episode. like, the most recent uh, Harry Potter movie... Not the Dumbledore one, but the second um, oh, Fantastic Beast. Fantastic I watched Beast. it with Sam, and I was like, "Fucking hate my life the whole yeah. time." Yeah, movies where I watched the whole like, like this. I, I mean, like we're like excluding sequels, like like the sequel to like Three Hundred. It's not good, you know. It's like <laughs> not at all. <laughs> a movie that I watched. Ava Green tries her best to save that movie, but she does. But boy, she can't. You know, uh, even she, she can't. She can't save it. Ed Astra. I remember being a movie that I was like really disappointed. Really, in. I haven't seen that yet. It's that Brad Pitt sci-fi. It was like really trying really yeah. hard, and it was not really. Oh, I remember. I know which one. I think it's called like Underwater. It's with Kirsten Stewart. Kirsten Stewart. Oh, that's the deep uh, movie, right? Like they're like oil miners and yeah. like the, the and like the it's, it's like the like, abyss, quote, unquote, but like Chalk horror. is the the monster that's under. Oh, right. uh, yeah. you mean Cthulhu? Yeah, Cthulhu. Yeah, sorry. yeah, uh, yeah. Um, well, it's like essentially like the, the movie. I, I thought abyss, that movie was going in a, in a different direction that it ended up being, and I was like, bleh. Yeah, I'm trying <laughs> to think of like most recent movie where there's yeah, not many. I, I mean, recently. yeah, I don't. I'm trying to think of another movie. <sighs> I'm trying to think of. I mean, Black Widow was one of them, but I only really watched that because it's like, all right, I'll watch it. Florence Puig and Spider-Man yeah, and tight just, dresses. And actually, they were not even the tight dresses part, but it was just, it's actually, they were really good at it. I know, <laughs> like, I know. It's like, what are they doing in this crappy Marvel movie? Yeah, it's like, you know, it's a Disney money, bro. Disney, money. Disney money. I'm trying to think of like nothing recent. Oh, like, totally off topic, but apparently there's uh, some drama. I've been in following the, that. Don't yeah. worry, darlings. Because uh, it's a shame. Press. I really want to see that movie. I didn't even and know that Shia LaBeouf was supposed to play. I knew that, that while. I think oh, you I, did? Yeah, I, I knew that a while that. ago. That was like because they announced um, it. Yeah, a lot of drama there. You guys just check on Twitter. It was like or, weird. Yeah, it's like she kind of went out and said like, oh, you know, it's. Yeah, uh, like oh, we had there to, you know, for the safety of Florence Pug, we got rid of Shia LaBeouf. He's like, meanwhile, what are you Shia about? LaBeouf comes 
comes with receipts, as the kids say these days. Yeah, <laughs> and then like Florence Pug is like, "Yo, wait a minute, you mean you had problems?" Like, you know, it's the, so it was like very like, why even like? And this is, the movie hasn't even come out yet. The thing so is, it's like, like the movie was like like look, it's solid. People want to see it. It yeah. looks good. Like it's, but I'll have no fury. I, I did see Shia LaBeouf in one of the podcasts I do listen to is the Real Ones with uh, mm-hmm. Johnny Berthal, Shane from yeah. The Walking mm-hmm. Dead. He has his own podcast. Yeah. I love it. Cause like he interviews these people and he gets he's down an actor's to, actor. Like yeah, people, he yeah. gets down to dirty details. Mm-hmm. He doesn't hold back. And his the one with uh, Shia LaBeouf is actually pretty good. Shia LaBeouf, he recognizes he's um he knows he's like rough. He's an like I'm not saying he's like a like and I would he never want women. So I'm not saying I want to deal with that guy. Yeah, but I totally. I like he's very self aware in a in a weird way. He's very it's, introspective, which I got from the podcast interview. Um, well, that's what sobriety will do to you. Yeah, I mean, because <laughs> you know he yeah. He he definitely had his moments even before he well i think he gets like women. screwed in a certain way with the with the public because he grew up with disney movies holes the greatest game classic child tra- actor. transformers but it's like it's like yeah he was that but he's also like a different type of actor that people are not comfortable with with associating with him you know what i mean because he's right. very much into modern art and performance and just like all oh, the when he's going out of his mind on the internet doing like the just do it videos do it. but it's like <laughs> the point is is like people did not want that from him and i think yeah i think people who you know people tend to just forget that these are that their characters are not them that they're actually yeah, people they and that they're playing characters them, that's a hard time um, doing yeah and it's like a parasocial relationship. It's like yeah. where it's one sided yeah. and they only get it. Yeah, I think we talk side. about this with like Twitch and like, yeah, watching you get streamers. that with like YouTubers and streamers. Yeah, you, you get um, that parasocial relationship. Like, oh, this is, I'm watching my buddy today. And, and it's like, like not your buddy. Yeah, and it's like, you, it's hard not to, ha- it's hard to prevent that from yeah. happening to you. Especially yourself. if you watch them continuously. You know? Yeah, especially lockdown showed a lot of people because people got into sort of following a lot people of people. Get lonely, man. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I mean, it's like, uh, but yeah, so I think like with like Shia LaBeouf, I think people are like just so used to him in like these types of movies and like being like, oh, no, if he's in these kind of movies, he's obviously like this type of personality. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's like, no, he's actually like a psycho. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, he's, he's a bit crazy. You know, and it's, um, I think, I think he definitely has acting talent. I, I can't oh, deny a, that. No, he's, he is a, he is a brilliant actor. Yes. No. But obviously he has demons in yeah. him. He's a human being. You could be good uh, at your job and still be an and asshole. And still be an asshole. Yeah. yeah absolutely. Like, so yeah, he just came out with fire and desire against Olivia Wilde and well it was like weird because like she kind of threw shots at him and then he's like what are you talking about and then Florence Buck's like and then he uh, went he actually went to I think I think it was Variety too and like emailed Variety be like because I think Variety had interviewed Olivia Wilde she said those things about like firing him or whatever and then he caught wind of it and emailed Variety with like I have these text messages Mm -hmm. I have this video I don't know if you've seen the video that's See, I see. I watch, like. I have a surface level of it. Part. Like it came out of my. Google that's the disturbing feed. part because in the video, Olivia Wilde basically is like asking, like, "No, you like trying like, to like let's try let's make this happen." But I, I also also let's like give a way devil's call. advocate. I and you know this. That's that's someone who's got money in the game trying to fucking course correct a situation where it's like I can't just have my fucking lead actor that the world knows is doing it just walk off. Yeah. So she's trying to fix it. So. I mean, yeah. Is that like is her? Is she really being genuine in that point? Like begging? No, she's she's got a fucking hundred million dollars behind this project. Yeah, yeah. Bet your ass you don't want the the main because the word word gets out that your fucking lead actor walks from a movie. Yeah, and and your movie's and fucked. you know it, she, she is in a because she's a female director. Yes, already she's so in she's a disadvantage. Her, so people got her in the crosshairs. Yeah, they want like, her to they, fail. They want her to fail. Yeah, and you know she's trying to do this big movie with mm-hmm. big stars and. 
already issues are coming out. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll see because the the movie it does look interesting. Sounds like I she was, they were trying to like not just her but her team and like the situation was trying to like catch a narrative, like prevent a narrative from forming by creating a different one, and then it just got out of exactly. control. Exactly. I think you put it um, like there. They tried to stop something from growing, but it actually made it worse from the narrative yeah. they pushed. Yeah, yeah, that's totally what it was. And again, these are actors. I don't feel bad for people who own boats and airplanes. <laughs> nope. Um, nope. I mean, if Point Squeak, who's single now, wants to have dinner, I'd, I'd take her out dinner. But what are we talking about? <laughs> uh, I'm walking away from that, com- that, that comment at all. Uh, anyway, okay. So, so you could just sit and pretend to live in that world where you think Florence Pug is in your sphere when you're playing your Fortnite, okay? <laughs> Listen, uh, New York's a big city one night, you know. Uh, Not going to you can dream that while playing PlayStation, okay? You can dream that. Whatever, Dan, okay? Just keep shooting shots, mm-hmm. you know? Just keep shooting shots. Speaking yeah. of that, so what are you playing right now? Um, so I played a little Overwatch. Uh, you went back to that? Really? I went back to it because, oh, you know, I'm, I'm you waiting. I'm waiting. I get, it. I get it. So, you know, this, this is a Pixel Dang podcast, and the one thing we haven't talked about yet is video games. The poster boy of Pixels. Like, and... I wanted to talk about video games because video games are very different than what we grew up with, right? Like, they're they're essentially... There's four controllers now. Hot take. No, I'm talking about the storytelling, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> the storytelling in video games. Mm-hmm. Because, like, what's what's your history with video games? What was the first... Were you started out in PC? Super Nintendo? Oh, no. First one... Um, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis. would be my brother when he got a Sega. Absolutely. Sega Genesis. Yeah, my sister got a Game Boy, I remember. It was one of my first earliest memories as a kid. Game Boy My sister too. getting a Game Boy. Yeah. And then I remember sitting next to my brother while he would play Sonic, and, you know, I would uh, watch him play. Yeah. It's funny. When you have a sibling, because I got into video games via my older brother. Yeah. You know, because he, he first got that big console, and then I would, you know, back to Yeah, gaming, you hold the controller. You hold the controller. Yeah, maybe you play mm-hmm. and try to beat a level that he couldn't beat, mm-hmm. you know, or you, you try and play your own yeah. save file or whatever. Like, it, it's the sibling like passing down a video game knowledge. Yeah. What's so funny now is like I'm the video game guy now and he doesn't play video games anymore. Right, right. You know, right. it's same as, with mine. As it tends to be, you know. My oldest brother is not my my middle brother. There's he kinda like once in a blue moon, but he's like like two generations behind. Like yeah, you know, it's like yeah. He, yeah, he just aged out of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I was yeah, we had Super Nintendo, we had Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any of the uh, the Nintendo stuff. My best friend did. He had everything. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I didn't get into. And that was the thing too. Like you went, you went to your buddy's house. Yeah, yeah, you just sat on the couch and we like we played games. I mean, that was like the story. NBA Jam. I remember for me. Oh my god, that fucking cabinet. <laughs> I probably put my entire college tuition money enough. Um, yeah, I remember being little, like young, and like I had my brother's hand-me-down console, which was Sega, Sega Genesis. I had the games, and then my best friend, he had every, you know, that was the one thing he was mm. into. So he had the Sega and Super Nintendo, and me and me, him, and uh, his little brother would just sit in front of the TV for ever yeah. and just burn through these games. What type of games did you play? I I mostly was like mostly sports, action adventure games, like. The Alien game for Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. I remember playing the Jurassic Park game. Oh, that was the Jurassic Park game was one of the, the Jurassic Park game for Sega was like one of my yeah. favorite games. Yeah. Um I had I was a big Sonic guy. I was big into side Sonic scrollers. Mm-hmm. Um Deion Sanders primetime NFL for me. 
<laughs> never, um, it was NHL. Uh-huh. Um, I NHL. played a lot. Of, I played yeah. a lot of NHL, and then it was kind of like a lull period with games. Then you know, I got. I remember uh, one of my best Christmases. To be cliche here, was the year I got Nintendo sixty four. Mm. And uh, that was a classic console. That was, yeah. a, and I didn't get it like launch year. I got it like a year or two later. Mm-hmm. And all my crews had it. The entire crew had their own. I didn't. Yeah, and I remember that was like I got that for Christmas, and that blew my goddamn mind. Yeah, but more importantly. There was one game I really wanted, which was Star Wars Rogue Squadron. You know, it was the only, you know, I wanted that game, and you couldn't fucking find it anywhere. And uh, my brother bought it for me for Christmas, and I remember... He, I think he played that game more than I did. He, you know, he <laughs> borrowed it, and that was the end of that, yeah. I mean, Star Wars video games have had a, uh, let's call it a checkered. Actually, uh, no, I think there's more good than bad in the Star Wars You think games. so? Absolutely. Some of the best games of, the, like, of their genres are wind up being Star Wars games. Interesting. One of the best RPGs ever made is Nice Little Republic for Xbox or the Which PC. they're remaking. Uh, uh, got for... pause. It sounds like it's in development hell, so it may never come out. Jesus. Yeah, it sucks. So I guess they're putting their eggs but in like, the fall. I mean, order. you have Rogue uh, Squadron, which is a great. Um, then you have X Wing, which are these are all great, like flight simulator shooters. You know, the Jedi Outcast games are great action adventure platforming, 3D platforming, Star Wars games. Pod Racers, one of the best racing games. What about Star Wars Battlefront? Star Wars Battlefront 1 and 2 are amazing the newest one is a little little janky as fuck and kind of lame but i still played a hell of a lot of it (laughs) (laughs) not just star wars games i mean it's like but i think i really came into was a my a playstation yeah my brother playstation was like that's when like i mean i had like nintendo 64 you know you did the golden eye thing everyone you know our generation just lived by that mario kart you know the ones that are mario party you know uh but playstation is really where it took off for me i remember i was at my best friend's uh cousin's house for like the week it was like one of the summer like you know summer vacation and i would just literally just spend weeks at their house Mm -hmm. like just wouldn't come home and they were really big into final fantasy 7 and i had never played any of the final fantasies that was my first one too. and i remember they had burned through it and then like the summer after that came out i was there at their house and i was kind of bored you know we're just sitting around doing nothing and i was like hey man because he had final fantasy 7 just there and i'm like oh what was like is final fantasy 7 good and he's like it's my favorite one I'm like all right i'll start it so i'm just sitting there and i spent the entire day at his house playing final fantasy 7 and they were all into it they played it like a dozen times they're like so psyched that i'm now playing it right yeah and i remember i didn't have and this is what killed me didn't have a memory card in the playstation so i just like lost you a whole burned day. Yeah, that a whole one day. sit day <laughs> and i remember i didn't even own it so i came home that night and i remember specifically this looking online to where i can get a copy of final fantasy 7 i needed a final fantasy 7 i needed a, and i needed a memory card memory i'm like card. i needed all this and i remember i pulled all the little money i had and i got a copy of it and i think my whole summer just disappeared playing final fantasy 7 yeah. and that's where like RPGs for me I just Same. Was, like world like opened up because I remember watching people play them like I'm like so you just stand and you just take turns fighting like that looks stupid like I was like alright give me a fighting game give me a racing game give me like these Yeah. and then I yeah. played Final Fantasy 7 I'm like holy shit like my world just blew the fuck open like you know and i was like okay now let's let's find other the gateway games and it was like rpgs became like a big um thing for me and then what was it then i got into i didn't really jump into the playstation 2 when that came out um Mm. i got my school gave me a laptop so just fyi i am dyslexic but severely you know it's not a sad story but i didn't really learn to read until the eighth grade Mm -hmm. so 
I remember I got the school gave me a computer with a program. It was a very expensive program at the time, but essentially it was autocorrect. All right. It's modern autocorrect. Like yeah. They had this whole big software and I was allowed to bring my computer to school, but it was really fucking heavy because it's the early 2000s and those laptops were Those bricks. laptops were like freaking like everything. Briefcases. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Pretty much. Essentially. And they weighed like 10 pounds. Yeah. And I remember, so I stopped bringing it to school, but I had it. And I really, that's where I learned how like, oh, I had a real like passion for computers. My dad always had a computer and all that other stuff. Yeah. So and we were poor, very poor. So I couldn't afford console and I couldn't afford video games. But I, I found oh how I found out how to download computer games. Then like my like my middle school crew, they were all into computer games, StarCraft, Diablo, all those like Blizzard games. And I'm mm-hmm. like, all right. So I started playing PC games because they also had because you could just make a copy at the time of like a place of a computer yeah. game. Mm-hmm. And my crappy little laptop, we were playing Counter Strike, and and then they gave me copies of like Half Life and like all these like tentpole games, like these Titan of video games. At the you know now, like they were, oh yeah, yeah this is Half Life, you'll like it. Oh, this is a mod, Counter Strike. This is before you could even buy Counter. Like it was just a free mod. So I just play computer games. And then they then they showed me how you can, if you get internet connection, you can play online with your friends. And I remember I would spend my weekends at my dad's house. So and when you're in middle school, that kind of is lame because you want to hang, spend your weekend with yeah. your friends, with yeah. your crew, right? Yeah. And the one thing I was always grateful for is that they all played video games. So they all played StarCraft online together. So I could play with them online. Yeah. And this is like with dial-up. And this is like what year is this? Oh, this shit. Is like this is like 2002. 2002? 2003. Okay. You know, okay. StarCraft is old too at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was still like a huge game. But I remember we would all just play online together. And I remember just that sense of just not being alone. Because I was also a lonely kid. And like, I had a couple yeah. friends. I had a crew. But like, I, you know, I didn't, my siblings that's, are much older. Yeah, that's what like, gets lost in the toxicity of online gameplay. Yeah, it's like, was, you can hang out with you. And like, it was my, my school friends. And we were all playing StarCraft. And we would play till dawn. Like, none of us would log out. We would yeah. just all play. And I remember I was at my dad's house, and he never cared that I sat on the computer. The was not what it used to be. <laughs> no, it's not. And I remember, like, specifically, like, it was great because, like, my dad didn't care that no one called him. Like, he, I could just be, you know, I was lonely, so I, I could just be on the computer all day, and he didn't care. And, and I, I haven't seen you rage game personally since I've known you. What do you mean by rage game? <laughs> you're like, you know, you don't play well or you're like, you miss your target. Oh, like, that, I've, never, I've never been that guy. Yeah, um, I, I, you I don't take I've, me as one. <laughs> uh, ha- well, me on the other hand. <laughs> full disclosure, it has happened, but it's a fucking, so- it's Bloodborne. It's like a Souls game. <laughs> like, that brings out a beast well, in me. Dark, yeah, those, the Soul games will bring out the worst in anyone. But usually I'm not honest. a, um, I'm usually not a uh, rager or or even like a super cocky person when I win. Um, yeah, yeah. That's not, that's not me but i so I, yeah so uh, like you you could play these games till dawn and you wouldn't cause a ruckus no uh, no no exactly, i wouldn't yeah. i wasn't a problem kid yeah. so i would just be and he yeah. i think he was just more happy that i was entertained he didn't have to do anything he didn't have to do that but like yeah. that was like the best part was like all right cool i'm alone at my dad's house like all my friends and like where my dad lived there was no other like people my age it was all 55 and older so there was like it wasn't like oh i have like my, my dad's like the friends of my dad's neighborhood and my friends in my mom's neighborhood like, it was like i remember always feeling left out but they always played online games and then also have like my best friend was like addicted to video games. So it was like we were just always talking about it, playing it. He always yeah. had, he was just as broke as me, but like he had two incomes, not one. So he always had the newest games and like they just, they were so good at the games. It was cool. And they were always super generous about letting me borrow the games. So I go yeah. this, like, yeah. they were the first ones. Like if like I got like a console, he would be the first one to get me a game for it as like yeah. on a birthday. Yeah. So it was that kind of stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it was, I would get really into like, you know, big RPGs and I'm a big, strategy person that's when i remember i found like i love diablo but then i found like i discovered age of empires because pc gamer 
when they used to actually have magazines. The, <laughs> Those were the days. <laughs> the, the perk of getting a subscription was they would come. They would come with demo discs. Mm-hmm. I remember that. So PlayStation had the same thing, but the, same the PC thing. one, you just you'd get a list of just demos, and I remember one of them had Age of Empires two, and I remember like just and I'm a history guy, like this just that's just that's, that's just, just hit, like check hits everything, for everything you. <laughs> you could think of started like clicking. Yeah, and then like I realized, oh, I really love strategy games, so I, then I discovered you know like now this one the Starcraft thing, it was like oh cool it's space, and I love sci-fi, and then it's like Age of Empires, and then I just started playing all these games, and then like we got into Counter Strike when it was a mod mm-hmm. uh, before 1.6 I'm talking about even before that Jesus and um, and I remember all my friends like finding like different mods for Half-Life and we'd all play online and like they got really I was always horrible but it was like then we got into shooters and this is before Halo and it was like the, there was a lull period between like Doom like original Doom mm-hmm. Doom and Halo and like that's where Half-Life came in it was like a slightly slower shooter but not like a Tom Clancy slow and yeah. like yeah and then we would I would just play all these online games and then there's like the birth of the MMOs and I'm talking about even before WoW you know, I was playing Dark Age of Camelot with my crew, mm-hmm. and that's another where it was like I had this dial-up modem, and we would just all play these online games, and like all my friends played it, and then it was also great because my best friend like went to a different school district, so I only got to see him on holidays, so we could play. It was a way of you staying in touch. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, and like we're guys, so we're not gonna be on the phone. Like we're not <laughs> doing that shit. Like so, but then I remember playing like Fantasy Star Online on my Dreamcast. I remember I figured ah, out Dreamcast. how to get the modem to work on my Dreamcast, wow. which was my favorite console. To this day, I never got Dreamcast. Oh, I loved it. It was ahead of its time. Cause yeah, there were people who got the Dreamcast, and people who got the PlayStation Two. I got Dreamcast. Yes, two over here. <laughs> I was a Sonic kid. I was a Sega kid. Yeah. And I remember my friends were playing Fantasy Star Online, and I was like, cool. And then I figured out how to get the modem to work, so we could all play online on a console. Now, in two thousand one, two thousand two, this was it's like, not the same as it is. Nobody now, was know, doing this. Like, not and I was like in PC like internet culture at the time. So we, you know, I was on you know message boards and like all this other stuff. You know. We would join clans and like, you know, doing all that stuff. And then, you know, it was the modern birth of like the modern video game era now. But like that was what it was a great outlet for me to be able to hang out with the crew because they were all into it. I wasn't very good, but it was just nice to be able to just have, you know, we all take this for granted now. You know, PlayStation, Xbox, Steam, they all have friend lists. But at the time, like this was revolutionary. Yeah, I remember like when Dark Age of Camelot, which was like a like a major MMO, like EverQuest was like the first big MMO or Ultima Online was. But then Dark Age of Camelot kind of made it more accessible and then WoW came out and fucking blew up the world and you know and then this you know uh, we all played those religiously I think my my crew was still playing WoW I don't because I know <laughs> uh, um, but yeah so that was what always helped me like you know stay, stay connected connect to, to my friends yeah. and that's and that still sticks with me today yeah. even now like my best friend will come by and like you know we still do the single player game and we'll just swap the controller you know it's funny I never did that with my friends it was just like we talk about our shared experiences mm-hmm. but we never play the same game in the same moment basically. yeah we would you know there was always fighting games and racing games we'd always do that stuff but then yeah. like as we got older me and him what we would do is just find a game and then like are right, you playing until you die and then we swap and then we just go back and forth back and forth uh we you know we did that with bloodborne we did that with actually all the souls games we did that you know just you name it that's what we did you know that was yes yeah. now that's like you know my console of choice is still playstation because mm-hmm. i'm just so invested in that console at this point you know so, it's like so because you i'm a hybrid i play you're, hi- you're so. a hybrid but yeah. apparently it's a big thing still that the pc master race versus the console it blows my mind that that's still a thing um Why? it's not as heavy as it used to be but it's well first off so the the thing is with like pcs is that that's where you're going to get the best product because the computers are going to be always more, like the graphics cards on a computer yes. is always going to be more powerful than the yeah, console look the best 
best. It always looked the best. But then there's like perks, like things like you never have to worry about backwards compatibility. Mm -hmm. You know, the game you buy now, Steam makes it really easy. Epic Game Store. First person shooters are always going to be better on a mouse and keyboard. And I play both. You know, it's like the thing is, is like people when Halo was coming out, it was like, holy shit. But it's like all the PC gamers are like, we've had this type of game for fucking years now. Like, this is not new. Like, you know, yeah, it's revolutionary for a console, but not for, but not for, (laughs) not for PC gamers, man. They're like, yeah, we've been rocking Team Fortress 2 for a while now like this is nothing you know yeah no that's still a thing but i get why and honestly twitch has not helped that at all um, yeah like you know. you know why can't we be friends i mean it's gotten better i think i think the newer generations don't really what i find interesting much. is like you will see exclusive pc gamers look at console games like the really good ones like you know god of war and, and you know ghost of shima i'm like these games look so fucking good yeah, we have a friend that's i'll like wait that, i'll yeah. wait i'll wait until it's on pc <laughs> well it's also too it's your buy-in right so it's like these this, this shit ain't cheap man like that's an expensive no these video games now are you know i mean a decent gaming rig is you're, you're gonna spend 15 1500 on one mm-hmm. i mean a console mm-hmm. is gonna cost you five six hundred bucks if you can find one exactly you know and then also too with like pc gaming the games are cheaper yeah there they go on sale you know you can also do some weird stuff to kind of get them for free you yeah. know not that i advocate for that now you shouldn't <laughs> uh, pay the developers hey, so they yeah, make more games man. it's like support the people like well we're not broke people anymore we're not yeah. broke 60 like i get like if you're 16 years old rip a cd dude like you ain't paying for that shit yeah yeah but if you're like a 22 year old with like a part-time like get like, a job if you're getting a paycheck you have you, the money to you, buy yeah. what you want yeah save up for you know support the people that make the thing you like yeah but i'm very similar to you the game that had the most impact on me was final fantasy 7 yeah that just opened not only just to rpgs but video games as a storytelling device. yes mm-hmm. not just shooters fighting games I think I got into the Tomb Raiders shortly after mm-hmm. um, I played FF7. That really was like PlayStation, the console, and Final Fantasy VII, the game. Those were like the two ones that really, you know, when you have an older sibling, obviously you'll mm-hmm. backseat game and then you play with them and blah, blah, blah. And then by myself, that's when I started with PS games, mm-hmm. Final Fantasy VII. That's when I started to really evolve. And I think my game preference of choice is actually like single player, adventure, narrative driven, mm. Um you know, like God of War, Ghost yeah. of Tsushima, those type of games. Well, those are big AAA, triple A beast of games. Yeah. I mean, but even the previous, like the Metal Gears, when they came out. Oh yeah, uh, the first one in PS, mm-hmm. uh, which was mind blowing. The graphics are so shitty when you yeah, look back but when it. you watch but the that, story itself like... is like so badass and so cool. Mm-hmm. Really game changing. I I still I'll tell anyone like the Metal Nobody, Gear series. Yeah, even now, um, with the Metal Gear Solid, he was uh, Kojima was doing things nobody, nobody even. Now, I mean, his most recent game I wasn't a fan of, but Death Stranding, you mean? Yeah, Death Stranding, and I played, I beat it, so I beat it so I can have an opinion. Um, <laughs> uh, well, you don't want to be an Amazon delivery guy? <laughs> you know, I, uh, it's like. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but like I know I get it, but then there's you know then they're like little gems that cost like five bucks, and you're like this is like how the hell like I mean like remember like it's a short little one time play, it's a narrative, you're, like you don't really play much, but you just tell a story through it. Like Firewatch was one of them. I remember I played Firewatch. That was a good. And one. that was a clever story. Like yeah. it's like it makes yeah. you like I I totally thought that that Angelina Jolie movie that came out, she's like a Firewatch Tower. Oh, you thought I thought that was an adaptation of the no, game, and I was no, like, it's, oh sorry. Well, Firewatch, <laughs> that's a real job. Like that's a real. No, that's what I mean. Job. That's People what I mean. That. I thought they were doing a play on the oh, game. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. Um, no, like indie games too. You'll find hidden gems like The Witness, the puzzle game. Have you ever played that? Yes, I have. Love um, that game. I knew someone who didn't know about the secondary puzzles in the sky. <gasps> 
He beat the whole thing. Didn't even realize. It took me a while to figure. I that remember out too. at work, I was like, he was like every. But, because I finished it, and I was like, no, there's definitely more. In he this said game. the same thing. He was like, there's was, more. He was like, I don't get it. Like it was no, okay. There, there, yeah. And I'm like, I, wait a minute. I think you're I missing wasn't satisfied something. When I, and I showed him a clip of like someone who realizes it, and they just look at the sky, and you're like, are you fucking kidding me? I missed all that. I'm like, yeah, you may want to go back. Um, even tons of indie games, like which is a game I recommend for you. So for your game homework is a game called Hotline Miami. Hotline Miami. What Hot, is this game? Hotline Miami. Hotline Miami. Yes. Was this like some Grand Theft Auto shit? No. It is a shooter. It is a top-down analog stick shooter with one of the best soundtracks in a video game. Hotline Miami. I will send it to you. It is. Like it's it's on everything. What, you can get it? it for Switch, PlayStation, Steam. It's okay. So this is a slightly older game. It came out. Let me find. I think it came out in 2013. Yeah, it's a top-down shooter. It's really good. I I promise you, you can put. I okay. So this game, you need a controller for. It's a dual stick shooter. It means you use both. So one stick is framing, one is for looking. Yeah, yeah. It is brilliant this game the last the last shooter game that i played that was like really wild and crazy was you ever play super hot yes super hot that was really fucking good. cool super hot you like really you have to stop time yep and then like grab stuff in midair oh dude that was lots of fun let me see if hotline miami is on the playstation why uh, do i think on the why do i think of that drake song when you, you say that Not too all funny. i want is a hotline bling <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you. I'll send you a link to this. Yeah, send me a link. Um, the collection's twenty bucks. It's amazing. <laughs> it is. It is like it's an it's an indie game. It's old. I mean, I know. I mean, they've they've made a million different I gotta types say, of this game. Video game soundtracks they come out with bangers. Some of these. Yeah. yeah so it's it just a, it's and it's slightly it's like a mix of like a puzzle game and a shooter. Okay. So essentially, your 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 character is a hitman, and you're like, all right, you got to go in this room, and it's all like top down pixel. It's all pixels. All right, it's all pixelated stuff. Pixel dinner. It's essentially that. And like <laughs> the point is, it's like, all right, there's like 20 guys in this room in this house. You have to navigate the house, but it's like, all right, that guy has a bat. So you have to be you have to kill him before this guy gets to you. And you have like special powers, and it's a little hard to describe. Not like Hitman. No, not at that level. Not at um, that level. Which is also an amazing game if you haven't played those. Oh yeah, I played um, Hitman. That's what I'm thinking of, like, you know. It's the... pseudo where it's it's very fast. The loads are instant, like it's very quick. Cause like you die, you know, it's like all right, you know, essentially you just have to clear the house, but you like you get certain masks and certain abilities, you can change things, you mm-hmm. know. But it's it's a little it was a little indie game that blew up. I think it was winning BAFTAs or Emmy or Grammys for music. Like it's really good. Um uh how long did it take you to beat it? I beat the first one in a day. The second one is really hard to the point where people hate it. Um and it's <laughs> why took, because it's like it the took me and hard? my best friend a probably a day and a half to beat it of just like sitting there. But here's the thing, playing the first one in his basement and the soundtrack's just blaring and we're just like in it. You know, we're just like, fuck <laughs> this level, we can't get past it. His little brother walks in, he's like, What are you listening to? And we're and he just sat down. He's like, this is amazing. What are we watching? And it was just so good. It's so good. Maybe um, after this podcast, I'll show you a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, I can't say much more. It's like one of my favorite indie games of all time. And when did it come out? 2013. Oh, okay. But it's come out on everything. This thing will run on anything. Okay. You know? Yeah, so I'll get you, uh, I'll show you that. You've never um, let me down with uh, video game recommendations yeah, before. You know? For like indie games, it's like one of those, like I always tell people, like anyone oh, you can You know, like I want to go back to playing Control. 
uh, Control, game. anything that studio makes, I will play. They did Max Payne, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite action games of all time. I mean, it had bullet time before anyone was doing bullet time. Max Payne and the Max Payne 2 is even amazing. Max Payne 3, eh, it's no Max Payne 2. But <laughs> yeah, those type of games, um, they don't, you know, they're not making much of those. Oh, right now, currently, I think my game that I'm playing a lot now Trying to think, uh, Battlefield. I've always played all the Battlefields. Mm-hmm. The newest one, I know everyone hates, and I'm not a big fan of it either. But the season two and season three updates came out, and they're talking about course correcting a lot of things. They kind of started. They went into like the the realm of like hero shooter, where with Battlefield, it's like these big. It's a first person shooter yeah, where yeah, you, yeah. you you. But it's I've like seen gameplay, yeah. but it's like a war playground. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like you're not the hero. You're Soldier B. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're not. You're just a grunt in the yeah. war. Yeah. But this one, they kind of started adding like what they. Do with siege where like you have like these hero abilities and like people are like no this is not yeah that may work for like cod and tom clancy games but not battlefield fans mm. so they're like but they 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 literally pulled the we hear you you know and like decided all right season three we're fixing the maps and we're doing we're kind of course correcting it what's the studio dice uh, okay yeah so they, they're doing that i also unfortunately play fortnite I do play Fortnite. Listen, a lot of the record, play I, I play. I got into it because I was playing with. You my know nephew. how many dads play with their kids. <laughs> That's essentially Fortnite? how it started. Was my nephew? Or you play with your nephew? That's what it was. He really like. He or... wanted to play at my house one day, and he was just bored. I'm like, all right, you can play your Fortnite on cousins. my console. Yeah, and he got into it, and I was I like, didn't judge you, man. <laughs> no, 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 hold on. I'm, I'm just saying it's just that's how it started, and then I just started playing without him. And then, um, <laughs> but I also like all the battle royales. I played them all, but this one was just—it's easy, it's brainless. You know, it's it also had the flying Nimbus right now that I maybe has I heard spent. that Goku's in here. You could do the ca- I, I, the Kamehameha. I, I may have spent ten dollars. Oh no, damn! It was the flying Nimbus. <laughs> you could say no, the flying Nimbus, right? <laughs> Bro, I tried to get the power pole, but no, I got the flying Nimbus. So, don't you judge me. So I'm, I am just. So how does Fortnite get the deals to acquire licenses to have? They all just these print. Products? I mean, it's they have a lot of money and it's eyeballs on the game. It's one of the most popular games I mean, in the world. They've had Spider-Man in Fortnite. They've had Star Wars. Star Wars. You know, they've had Drake. I think Lady Gaga is about to do a virtual concert. Yeah. In there. So it's because it's just it's a mega hit. That's crazy, man. I mean, my nephew had. To Who would have thought too? Because wasn't there a time where like people thought Fortnite's dead? No one's playing Fortnite. Well, that's the thing is Fortnite comes out and it's like a building shooter game, and it's okay. It's not bombing. Like it didn't bomb. It did okay. But then PUBG comes out, and people in the scene were way. I was waiting for PUBG to come out because I was playing that mod from Arma. I was playing the Arma mod of that, and I'm like, Christ. this is fucking awesome. And then they're like, oh, the guy who came up with the mods, like whose name is Player Unknown, he's like. Oh yeah, I'm making like a full fledged release of this, and I remember one of my buddies who is big into like military shooters. He, me, and him, it both like before anyone like not to be that before anyone knew it, we knew it was good. We were like, no, this is gonna be the biggest fucking game when it comes out. Mm-hmm. It's a battle royale shooter. No yeah. one's doing this. Modders are doing this, but no one. And then it comes out, it blows up the fucking world, and then Epic totally does like a oh, we're getting into it too, and like retrofits their game to make it a battle royale mm-hmm. and it blows up and I know why because it's the art style it's all the, the goofy like add-ons the yeah. skins and stuff yeah. um, and then that's you know it snowballs it looks like a child's game yeah and it's like I mean there's like well, the building more gritty and more yeah like, and I and it's like I've played all the battle royales I think my favorites would probably be Fortnite and um, uh, I'm gonna say probably PUBG 
Uh, but I've I've placed on all of them. Like this isn't like I play for now. Like I've gotten first place consistently on all of them. Like you know I have a, a comfortable amount of it's, hours. It's on a it. combination of skill. Sometimes a little luck. Luck. You know? I like that it's luck and skill because if you suck, you can just you can a still chance. there's still a chance do good in the game. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can get Not lucky. Feel like a total idiot. Exactly. So and like with, with like a fighting game, you're always gonna lose against someone who knows more than but you. But fucking hackers. Talk about the biggest turnoff in a video game. No, there you go. That'll break like, any game. Yeah. You know, it's like when you when you think you're doing well and you get shot mm-hmm. through walls yeah, and it's just know. like oh, dude I, you it's soul me. sucking it's soul sucking I was playing shooters like, well, in, the, in the early 2000s anymore. when wall hacks were like just invented and there was no way to block them and all that crap but mm, garbage man but then like the, the game then there's always like two games I always keep installed on my computer it's always Skyrim because you know or just not just Skyrim all, any Elder Scroll the current Elder Scroll at the time is mm-hmm. like my go to I find you're either a Fallout guy or an, a, an Elder Scrolls guy uh, and then there's also the so do you like hate Fallout people I don't hate Fallout people um, I unfortunately, <laughs> I, it's one of those things. I wish I played Fallout before I got into Elder Scrolls because I think I would have really liked Fallout more. Mm, interesting, but I just like Elder Scrolls stuff. Um, yeah, I play D and D, bro. It's pretty much digital D and D. But also, I always keep the current Total War installed at all times. Mm. Now that hits every fucking history history nerds like that. Like, just you know, check mark by every box. It, it just clicks. Gets it's you juiced up. I mean, <laughs> this one. I mean, I don't. I don't. Not a big fan of the Warhammer ones because they're fan, I like they're fantasy, and then I like more of the historical ones. The historical um, ones, yeah. You know, I think when I I discovered them when I was playing Rome Total War the first one, and I literally think my summer disappeared. Total pivot. Uh, sorry, but I just thought of it. Total. Like you probably are the man in risk are you good at risk it is my favorite board game you're probably really good at risk i'm really good at risk all right we should play risk one time good luck bro <laughs> i just took a smash but so, like <laughs> so here's the so i have okay so so listeners i'm that geek in the geek forest all right i play dnd i love science fiction i read an absurd amount i love history i play tons of video games i own pokemon cards somewhere i mean i have a mini i have miniature collections i'm into war 40k you name it i'm into it i don't like board games you don't like board but games here's what i don't like i don't like well, mod- what kind of board- hang on that's where i'm getting yeah, to okay. is i that's don't like modern board games modern i think they're fundamentally flawed okay give me an example so i love risk is my favorite board game. yeah minus chess I grew up playing risk chess and risk are my two favorite board games chess you know it's just it's chess risk i love and then there's a variant of it called risk europe that i even love even more uh, more rules but my problem with modern board games now, and I'm not talking about Settlers, Catan, or Carcassonne. I'm not talking about those. More mm-hmm. like Ticket to Ride. Those, I think, are brilliant games. I don't like the Gloomhavens, oh. the, the Twilight Imperiums, all those like mega board games. Mm-hmm. I have a problem with if it takes eight hours to play, or not even eight, if it takes two hours to really learn how to play the game. The setup, yeah. The problem with it is a board game should be quick to learn, hard to master, and just fun. Yeah. With replayability. Yeah. That's a good I, way of putting it. And because yeah. here's the problem with board games. You play them once or twice, and that's kind and of it. And then it sits in your shelf. Because you're always time. teaching someone new yeah. to play. So, And that's not the problem. The problem is, is the rules. So it's like, I've always wanted to play Twilight Imperium, but it's a $120 board game. It takes Jeez, eight hours to much? beat. It takes like eight hours to play, and you need six people to play it. Well, we're definitely not having board it's a big now, yeah. essentially <laughs> it's essentially it's essentially just a big galactic space like game with like a lot of politics, a lot of battles. So it's like you know it's all that, but it's like and it's a famous game. Like it's not a bad game, uh-huh. but that's the problem is that these games eight hours to finish. Now one I've session. had 
risk games that take. I've had a six-hour risk game. That, like, but that's risk. Like I've definitely had. And that's fine. Like, yeah. But the thing is, is, I can explain the rules of risk in yeah. five minutes. Exactly. Yeah. And you'll get it after two turns. Yeah. And I think that's where modern board games fail. Not all of them, but the big ones everyone loves uh, in board game scene. You know, you know, everyone likes Settlers of Catan, right? Like, mm. it's like a popular game. It's a good, easy game. Everyone can play. So, do you think that they're making the games more complex, I more rules heavy, just so you could play longer? No, I think I uh, and justify the I price tag too. Not really. I th- I think. Well, justifying the price tag, I think, is like more because they're putting a lot of stuff into the board games, mm-hmm. uh, like materials. Mm-hmm. My problem with them is that where I'm getting at is I think it just naturally just that's where it evolves to complexity, right? Yeah. You know, risk is made. Yeah. Monopoly is made. So you're not going to make a clone of these. You have to come up. You have to add more to it. Kind of do your own thing. So or people loved make- risk. And then they made then someone made allies and axis. Mm-hmm. You know, which is a souped up type of ge- that game where it's more rules. And then it's like, then you have like the war gaming community, which I really like the war gaming community, that whole genre. My only problem is I just don't have the time to build all those fucking minis um, <laughs> or paint them or do any of that stuff. Yeah, but I love it's a commitment. I it, it love is a commitment. that system. See, that's that's something I like. like. All right. I like the idea of like you went out and invested in like you made your army. You decided, or I would say with 40K, right? You really dug the space orcs. Yeah. So so you went in and you spent like two, three hundred bucks on a whole set. I do the same. I get into Space Marines. We have our armies. Yeah. The game has fucking textbooks of rules. I know this sounds like it's a contradiction of what I just said. <laughs> but I but if you're I there's something not constricting about it. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's loose. Like it's like all right, I have a table, I set up the battle, go. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then to me, that seems more like game. It's just a game right there. It's a big strategy. Yeah. Because it's almost like more rewarding if like like you said, you build your own army, mm-hmm. you put the work into it. If you had time, you painted it. Or even if you didn't paint it, it's yours. And now you find another buddy has the same thing. And now the two of you are kind of like, I you know. I contribute that to like when Pokemon cards and Magic. Exactly. I was deal. just getting to that. Like card games. See, like Pokemon thing. and like Pokemon TCG and Magic, super complex games. Mm-hmm. Quick to teach. And it's not like constricted. Like, you know, it's just you, you're both at a table, you got your decks, you go. Yeah. Right. With like a big Gloomhaven, you got all these miniatures, you got this map, you got these books. You, and I know I've never been a big fan of when I watch like tutorials on like a board game that I may be interested in. Like, and now you have your massive reference book. All right, I'm out. Like, <laughs> and this is someone who owns every D&D module. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, okay. Well, the difference in D&D, like their rules are there, but they're more guidelines. They can be broken. They can be broken. Whereas these board games, it's just to the T. My problem with like the big board games is like all right so if they I got, don't follow the structure get, then I'm, all right i'm hosting a game night you know everyone comes over we got like five six people we're gonna play this game it's gonna take like three hours and everyone's like okay that's fine we're we're into it right but you're gonna spend half your time explaining the board game to that people that loses a lot of people yeah. and it's like and then it kind of just like okay i mean our buddy todd is that he's a big board game guy and i actually love playing board games with him because he also should, like brings like the type of games that i would like yeah but I always find I feel bad for Todd is that he spends half his time explaining the game to us and I'm like how is this fun for him (laughs) but then the worst part is it's like well it's a two-way is a two-way thing it's like not only exhausting for him then I'm stressed out trying to like like, you're trying to listen and make sure you get all the rules because if you fuck up mm -hmm. then you're gonna hold off the game yes you're gonna hold up the game and yeah so it's and it's it's, tough. so that's how the problem is. Is then it's like the odds of me playing this board game again is like nil. Where like with Magic, Pokemon, Warhammer, D and D, those games require a certain not so sort of like a buy in. But if you're interested in that and you like it, you're in it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like if I played, you know, like Twilight Imperium and I loved it, 
the odds of me being able to get another group together to that's play that fucking game too. is a lot harder. That's the thing too. You gotta have a game that you're gonna have a crew to be able to play with. Yeah. Right? So it's as simple I, as that. So if I got like so when I was like deep into magic, I was playing it, and then it's like great, but it's it's something if like if you're already in the if you're already playing magic, like it's not hard to find a, uh, someone to play. Mm-hmm. You know, but like a board game where and that's what also that's one thing that always killed me with Risk is that it's not two player. Yeah, I mean it can be, but it's not as fun. It's yeah, minimum, I, usually, I usually play with four people. It's minimum yeah. three, minimum yeah. three to four. Three, three, four. Uh, usually you want four. You want they four. say you could do it with three, but you should do it with four. Yeah, yeah. Risk, yeah. So like Two risk. Player. Risk, interessante. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not as fun as you think. Uh, <laughs> it sucks, but yeah. So that's kind of my thing with board, uh, modern yeah. board games yeah. is uh, that they're. It's like yeah, they're cool, but I'm like they're not. You're really not my dying thing. to play it again. Nah, right? Not at all. Yeah. No, I hear you. I hear you because that's the big thing too. Not not just in board games, but in video games too. Like you want to mm-hmm. be able to have replayability in them you know like i'll i'll be itching to play even the one player adventure games like ghost of tsushima mm-hmm. and god of war like i will play those again i spent 60 bucks on them i would hope i'd want to play them mm-hmm. again and they're also very memorable and well made and yeah you know, and those took like hundreds of people to develop and all that yeah, other stuff and, and it's... They, you can tell they put the work into oh, it yeah. too you know so speaking of which did you pre-order the the new god of war yet? i didn't pre-order it but oh. i am getting it i'm actually gonna replay it next month i'm gonna try to because it comes out in November. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to try to replay it. Good call. Actually, my, my buddy is you. actually replaying all of them. He's going from the old school. God the old like, school. Because he's like, like, it's been so long since I played them. He's like, they're just, they still I'm hold up. I'm sure those one that was on PSP, if I'm not mistaken. I had it. I was, Dude. Yeah, I had a Chains of Olympus, man. That was a great Chains one. Chains of Olympus. I remember mm-hmm. that one. It was two for the PlayStation. It was, PSP. right? Yeah. Um, Chains of Olympus and... What was, what was the other one called? I forget what the other one was called. Something with Fates? No. I'm thinking of another one. Probably. Uh, what was the other one? But anyway, yeah, no, I talk about a game that that to me in the past, let's say five years, mm-hmm. that's my favorite game in the past five years. Oh yeah, easily. Got it. Um, I knew people who were not into games playing that game. Yeah, I remember my old boss at my old job. He figured out how to use remote play so he could play God of War at the office. <laughs> Do you know how hard it is to manage a team? Where your boss That's actually kind of boss. Where your <laughs> boss is word. playing a console, and I'm like, guys, you can watch YouTube and like that shit, but I'm drawing the line of video games, and like, there's the, the there's my boss like play. I'm like, god damn it, dude! Like, that's hilarious. But hey, you when you want to play, you want to play, man. Mm-hmm. Um, that that was a triple A game in every aspect of it. Oh yeah, and I'm excited for the sequel. But no. Uh, send me the link for um, yeah. I'll show Miami. you. I'll show you so, Hotline. Yeah, I'll that. show you in a little bit. Obviously, the listeners can't. Uh, they can watch a YouTube. And I'm some tells me yeah that if you don't know this game, you should. It's it's one of the best indie games ever made. It's right up there with Fun. like Spelunky and all yeah. these other big ones. But no, uh, you've never stirred me wrong. You've basically recommended every game I've played for the past three. I remember years, I the think. day <laughs> you hit me up and you were like, all right, because you kind of went through like a dry spell, and then you're like, oh bro, I just got a PS4. I'm like, okay, and I just sent you. A list i'm like also pc games like you told me okay you gotta play portal oh play, i remember like, when we hooked you up with a pc because yeah like like me and todd were like the original Tomb raider because you got I, deep into overwatch on the console and we're yeah. like dude you gotta get this on the pc yeah. and i we hooked you up with a gaming console yeah. a gaming pc yeah i'm like all right buddy here that you the, gotta play uh, catch, yeah. you have to like aggressively catch up yeah here are these games that you must yeah. play yeah and yeah. no complaints on any game. Yeah, that's except maybe Dark Souls, but that's enough. Dark, well, here's the here's the thing with Dark but Souls. Because I because I think I was at a disadvantage too because I hadn't played those the games. Original suck. One. 
They just fucking the, suck. The, I played them all. I beat them all. And you you hate play them. Is no, that that's exactly that's is that a thing? exactly like, what you, you do. <laughs> even the designer of the game, he even said, "Oh, I don't like hard games. I only Mizuyaki? but oh, yeah, but he's like, this is what he's. I think he, I'm paraphrasing, but essentially he's like, I don't like hard games. I don't like to play hard games, but I like to watch people get angry at my game. He likes people watch suffer. Yeah, he literally, and I'm like, you fucking masochist, <laughs> son of a bitch. And when you play those, if you games, didn't make games so good. I'd kill yeah, you. If, if you didn't, and it's not because like. You know, the level design, the creatures, and, like, the abilities. All that's fun and great. It's just that there are just frustrating moments yep. in the gameplay that you just, like, Very. fuck this shit, you know. And, like, the original Dark Souls, they don't have save points. So if you fuck up, you got to go all the way back to the yep. And it's, like, I hate, I hate everything. It's old school Castlevania. Yeah. It's, it's it reminded me very much of Symphony of the Night because that's one of my favorite games. And, um... That's pretty much the modern version of a Castlevania, yeah. like a like a Metroidvania, essentially, is what that is. Mm-hmm. It's brutal. It sucks. It's it sucks. Uh, but you know, you for some reason, the allure of the challenge of like fuck this level, fuck this boss, I want to beat it. Yeah, you still got it. It's like a. But then here's the thing: uh, the greatest high is when you. That's, that's what I mean. Like when boss. you do it, you're like, God damn, fuck! Yeah, I did it. I mean, God. yeah, I mean, they're they're bo- like I remember there were I remember when I was playing Bloodborne for the first time, and then like you get stuck on the like the first hard boss you get stuck on is the Bloodstar. You know what's beast. funny? I've heard of Bloodborne is even though the gameplay is it is what it is. There's actually a really good story. They all have really good stories. It's just they're very cryptic. The cryptic, exactly. Yeah. They're they're like within messages. They're it's dark. Within, it's, like, it's it's grim dark. It's yeah. Full-fledged Grimdark. Yeah. I mean, the worlds that guy made is amazing. But yeah, there's like a boss. You so they kind of fuck you in uh, Bloodborne. Is you get like you go through like two or three bosses, and you're kind of like, okay, I'm doing okay. And then they throw like the fuck out like a really hard boss at you. And it took me forever to beat this. And I suck at those games, so it takes me even longer. Mm-hmm. And I remember I recorded it the day like the, when I finally beat this fucking day. I was like, yeah, you motherfucker. Yeah, what, <laughs> what, what? And this is me doing that. And I'm just Stan like, raging. I oh, totally rage. <laughs> like I scared the dog. She's running away. Like it was, it was, uh, it was interesting. But so yeah. So, but like I said, I think uh, your homework for ne- before next session. I'll play. Yeah, I'm down to play. A, we'll get get, get you some Hotline Miami, and then we're definitely gonna Hotline get Miami. get you into uh, Russian Doll. I would definitely want to see your take on season one of it. And you said I didn't have to watch season two. So no. So if you want to watch season two, <laughs> uh, get ahead. But definitely, I would recommend like that's that's your homework, and then we'll we can actually really talk about it. Very mm-hmm. cool, man. Very cool. cool, man. Yeah, I think that. Um, yeah, I think I think uh, nice, we hit huh? the video game bug, uh, mm-hmm. so to speak. Pun yeah. intended. Now let's go. Uh, so I think now we're gonna go and play some Hotline Miami. Now. Yeah, let's do it. All right, guys, we'll see you in the next time. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. Yeah, catch All you right later. Guys, take it easy. Peace.